The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. In celebration of their newly launched WCI newsstand platform, Wing Chun Illustrated is giving listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast a free one-month all-access subscription. Go to wcinewsstand.com and click the register button in the upper right corner. Use voucher code FREE4U. That's F-R-E-E, the number four, and the letter U, all caps. Don't forget to activate your account by clicking the link in the welcome message. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. So it looks like we are, looks like we're live uh, on Facebook now. All right. So I guess, I guess it's working. We already have someone saying hi there. Uh, Sean, just so you know, there is, there is a kind of a delay on there. So uh, we'll just see each other as normal. And then uh, you can check in on the, uh, on your timeline on Facebook. If you see dudes of Kung Fu, it says dudes of Kung Fu is live now. And then you can see what the, what the people are posting. And uh, let me see if I can even move over to that page there, which might make it a little bit easier. And okay. I don't think people get to see me though. It looks like only your face is on the Facebook Live. Well, usually the way it works is whoever is talking gets the camera. So because you weren't talking- Okay, yeah, now it switched over to me. Yeah, all right, cool. That's how it works. All right, cool. So it looks like we are cooking with water. All right, hello everybody. (laughs) Cool. Hey everybody. Looks, looks like people can see us, but welcome to the Dudes of Kung Fu on Facial Book. By the way, uh, Big Sean and I were on Zoom, but we maybe we made a mistake. We were telling everyone we're going to be on Zoom. That doesn't mean you guys are on Zoom. You guys should just be on Facebook watching us. So we apologize if you guys thought you needed a Zoom link. Uh, you can see us all on the Facial Book, no problem. How you doing, Sean? Doing well, brother. Doing well. How you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm happy to do this for the first time. I feel like, you know, it's kind of funny that we have to be in this weird quarantine situation to do stuff we probably should have done a long time ago. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. It's kind of forced us to rethink things. Yeah. No um, kidding. Uh, Some people want me to put it on gallery view. Let's see if that uh, changes anything here so that they can see both of us at the same time. Okay. I don't know how that works. Yeah. It's uh, gallery basically means we're going to be side by side. So, uh, Mm. um, they can't see any one of us at any particular time. Cool, cool, cool. There you go. Well, uh, so, somebody goes, wait, should I be on Zoom? Now they're messing with us. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Juliet's there, awesome. Cool to see you guys. Um, all right, uh, I guess before we get started, we should probably say uh, you know, uh, that our condolences to the uh, Hong Kong Ming family of Wing right. Chun, uh, the late, great Sifu Hong Kong Ming, who was a uh, early period student of Grandmaster Yip Man, uh, passed away yesterday at the uh, ripe old age of 94 years old, and he's one of the, uh, you know, one of the real top students of uh, Grandmaster Yip Man. So our, our sympathies to his family and all the followers of the Hong uh, Kong Ming style, which include dudes of Kung Fu super fan Topher. He's a uh, grand student of Hong uh, Kong Ming. Oh right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. 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 Cool. Yeah. I see some people. And about S- that. Steve Golden was also. Oh, really? He was? I yeah, didn't know Steve Golden trained with a student of Hokan Ming for a while. Yep. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, Augustine Fong was a student of Hokan Ming, who's probably one of the most high-profile students of Hokan Ming in the U.S. Right, and, sure. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, he, his, uh, you know, his legacy is definitely, 
definitely quite rooted here in the States and, uh, you know, lots of, uh, lots of people who come from his teachings and, and so, yeah, pretty incredible. It's unfortunate, you know, uh, I'm working on this uh, Yip Man documentary and, uh, unfortunately, uh, as months roll by and years roll by there, there are fewer and fewer people to talk to these days, which is really a shame. It's just a, a matter, I suppose, of years before there, there are no more people who had direct contact to Grandmaster Yip Man who are, who are around anymore, you know? Right. Yes. You know, but that's how life is, you know, but let's, let's not, let's not try and make this, let's try and pick this up and make this a positive podcast. <laughs> I've, I've been so excited about this podcast tonight because, you know, with, um, with the quarantine and you can't even watch the news anymore. It's so depressing. Absolutely. You know, Staten, Staten Island has been hit so hard. I really want to have like a, I want to have like a light night. I want to have a fun night. I want to try and make people laugh. I want to laugh a little bit and not just like the normal laugh. I just laugh at Alex. I want to like laugh. You know, I want to laugh and have some fun. And um, yes, we got a we got a couple a uh, couple chats in on the uh, Instagram page. Some people asked uh, a couple questions that they wanted us to talk about. Um, one of them, Mike L, who I actually see is here on um, is here on Facebook with us. He actually asked about you know now that a lot of martial arts schools are practicing uh, you know or teaching classes through things like this through Zoom. Um, you know how do we not get rusty? Uh, doing, you know, actual partner work, actual drills, right? Because, uh, you know, it's one thing to do all the solo work and it's another thing to uh, actually have someone try to punch you in the face, I suppose. So uh, there were some questions about how can we keep our, um, our partner skills, um, you know, somewhat non-rusty. I don't know if you have any, um, any ideas about that. I, d I certainly do, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, I have a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, nothing is ever going to be able to replicate a partner. There's no... A uh, key piece of that I know of, piece of um, you know, uh, martial arts tool or or um, gym piece of gym equipment that's going to replicate a partner. Just because partners are unpredictable, it's right. like people talk about like you know the the jong being replicating a partner. Jong is not going to replicate a partner. It's you know it's just because you need you need someone to move independent of your actions. With that said, there are some pieces of training equipment that are really good, not replacements, but can help a little bit. And one of which is the double end bag. Like, you know, the, a double end bag moves around so, so willy nilly with the slightest little mistake off an angle and things to that effect that um, you'll get a little bit of a real time touch to it. But at this point here, I think you kind of have to just not lie to yourself. Realize that you've entered a different training phase. Right. And you're going to have to specialize in something until, I mean, this is not the rest of our lives. We're going to, you know, you, maybe you're going to just specialize for the next month on just getting yourself in the best shape you can be. Right. You know, sure, we can, you know, we, we can maybe use a double end bag and maybe, you know, maybe Alex has some other ideas to, to not lose our complete edge. But you have to also just not lie to yourself and think, Oh, what I'm going to do here is going to completely replicate a living, breathing, moving, sparring partner. It's just, in my opinion, is not going to happen. Right. So just specialize in something. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this next month and I'm going to focus on getting healthy, uh, healthier. I'm going to focus on doing some of the, you know, stuff that Alex does. You know, like I, I saw some of the, you know, some of the workouts that he's been posting. It's, you know, for a guy like me, it's impossible. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible some of the stuff he's doing. And, and and he's not lying to himself. You're not lying to himself saying that, oh, being able to do these V-dips or whatever you're doing 
is going to make me be able to have better footwork. No, it's not. But it's going to make you a stronger, healthier person with better cardio, and and, and that's going to help you in the long run. So I think I think at this point here, you have to come to a realization that we're going to have to focus on something and right. move towards that focus. Yeah, absolutely. I think a part of the problem is people always want to be able to do everything all the time. And truthfully, right. we usually make our most uh, uh, our biggest progress sometimes when we're limited. Like for example, you hurt your knee and you can't do any footwork. So you're gonna focus on your hand techniques. And during that time period, you make the greatest amount of progress in your hand techniques or vice versa. You got a bum shoulder, you can't punch. So you're gonna focus on your footwork and your other skills. So I think part of the problem is people always feel like, well, I can't do it all, therefore something is wrong. But there are so many different compartments that we have to improve ourselves as martial artists from physical fitness, to uh, conditioning, to footwork, to reaction, to sparring, all these kind of things. And sometimes you're not going to be able to do it all uh, because of your life uh, changes, because of, you know, kind of thing that's going on now. And so you have to make adaptations. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with that because what you do is you, you can hyper improve yourself in other areas uh, to a degree that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. And then when you come back, yeah, maybe you're a little rusty for a couple of weeks on partner drills. So what? You blast that rust off by jumping headfirst into it. And then guess what? Now you're twice as strong because you've been, you know, doing all this kind of strength and hit, hitting and physical fitness training. And now like you have an advantage you didn't have before. And sometimes training everything all the time gives you just incremental uh, progress. Exactly. But when you can just specialize in something like a maniac, you'd be surprised how, um, you know, how much progress you can make kind of, you know, all together. One of the things we do in our Zoom classes is obviously during this time, we're focusing a lot on footwork, uh, uh, solo exercises, coordination, movement, all that kind of stuff. But one of the things I do, although this cannot replicate live sparring because they don't feel it, is I have my students face the camera, I stand in front of them, and I throw punches and jabs and hooks, I change levels, and they have to react completely visually. Yes, they don't have any tactile feeling. Right. But guess what? When you can see through a little screen, somebody <clears throat> punching this way, or with the rear hand, or coming in here, and then changing levels and moving, well, that is a type of training to work on, on your ability to do little read Absolutely. on motion, and stuff like that. So I do a lot of uh, kind of interactive sparring with my students, so to speak, through the, uh, through the Zoom. And, you know, they, they, they seem to like it. At the very least, I, you know, I do it at the end of class and I wear them out and changing levels and chase me with punches. And, oh, I come give me elbows. And now I grab you. Now, you know, push me off of you and, and you know, kind of keeping them moving. So um, it's, it's the best we can do. And it's also getting the students hyper-focused on details that they wouldn't otherwise be focused on, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, one of my students, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my students here said the practical... Uh, at the end of the class is one of his favorite aspects. So that thing that we're, uh, we're exactly doing here. So, yeah. yeah I, was gonna say, I think at some point you have to come to a realization with yourself that you can't work on every, like you said, you can't work on everything all the time. Right. So let's, let's, you know, let's take this. Well, I know there's an expression taking a bump and making it into a step or something to that effect. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 love your, I love your sayings. Taking a bump and making it a step. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is to take something that's you know bad, and let's make it something good out of it. So we're, we're, we're it's bad that we're all stuck in the house, but let's 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 use it as a good opportunity. Let's say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be in the, stuck in the house for the next month. When I come out the next month, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to have better cardio. My, my first form is going to be so much better. Right, like, right. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, we do, for those of us that do Wing Chun, you know, the forms are, do hold an importance to us. So, you know what, why don't we say, hey, you know what, I am going to sit here and I'm going to take each form and work it an hour a day, whatever, or just to really focus on it. So that I'm going to come out of this saying, oh, wow, did you see his forms? He really worked hard during that month. He didn't just like let on the couch. Right. And, you know, he didn't follow Big Sean's lead. He followed Alex's lead. He got better during the month. He didn't sleep during the month. Right. But, um, <laughs> so we got a, we got a couple questions here. Uh, so first of all, uh, Juliette Dupree said, uh, clearly you have not watched Star Trek, the next generation. I'm not sure what that, perhaps something about the interactive sparring or training. I, I, I clearly have not seen Star Trek, the next generation. Mm -hmm. This is in fact, a very true statement. I haven't even seen the original Star Trek outside of the episode trouble with tribbles, by the way, a bunch of people are commenting on our beards. They're saying we haven't, so I had a beard before this It's perhaps a little less Kemp. You are definitely growing one. Are these our quarantine beards? This is my quarantine beard. Listen, I know I'm sexy and this just makes me sexier. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just one more thing for people to, to, to just try and deal with the fact of just how sexy I am. And, and, and the, my quarantine beard is just doing it for people. I can tell. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, I guess it's a quarantine beard. You know, I, I, I work in Midtown and I normally have to, you know, shave before going to work. And now that I work at home, um, I think everybody, everybody I work with, like half the people are not shaving because we have a uh, Zoom type meeting every night. Right, right, right. And everybody's got some scraggly beard and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's just nice. actually. It, 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 it's amazing when, when your life gets kind of, you know, thrown for a curve, like the way everyone's is now. And then you suddenly realize it's like, you know, the first few weeks kind of difficult, you get used to it, but the, the, we always kind of tend to adapt as human beings, like figure out a way to make right. but it. It's the little things like I can't go to a barber. Right. Like, like just things like that, where you're just, I'm literally going on YouTube, looking up tutorials on how to like cut my own hair. Like, you know, and, and I'm just like, Ugh, I, I, I don't want to even attempt it. Cause it's like, you know, if I had your, if I had your thing, whatever, shave it, no big deal. But like, you know, I actually give a crap. Well, clearly not lately, but I normally give a crap about my hair. And so it's a little bit more involved when you can't go to Al Alex. I totally get it that you care about your hair. I'm, I'm a guy, so you wouldn't get it. But like a, <laughs> you as don't a guy, hair, that's why you don't get it. Quit hating. As a guy who, you know, doesn't sit here and spend more money on hair products than I do, like, you know, underwear. Mm. Um, I just like, you know what, just buzz my head and get it over with, you know, it's like, <laughs> but you have that whole 16 year old girl thing going on. And, you know, I appreciate that. I really do. I think it's important. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm happy we live in a society where people no longer look down on you for that. That's just... <laughs> people who care about their appearance. For once in society's history, people are not looking down on people who care about their appearance. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, is, that is so funny. Yeah. Um, and of course, then, you know, like um, I'm worried about my kids deciding that they're going to jump in and try to help me, uh, you know, cut, cut my hair or something like that. Right. So, um, yeah. by the way, this is the first time we're doing this Facebook live thing. So normally, Sean and I, we don't really have much of a plan. I know that might be hard for you guys to realize. We kind of we have like maybe a topic we want to talk about. And we just talk about it. But now there's like this thing where I got to like also look at like the comments because there are a lot of comments coming in. And I don't want you guys just writing comments. and We're just talking and like, you know, but. You know, this is the first time we're doing this. If you guys could uh, bear with us a, li a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I know there's a lot of people that joined us. I know, and you know, they were excited about it, and I'm excited about it. And I'll be honest with you, I, I know Tony was, you know, Tony's out there, I want, and Frank and and Mike and all these guys are out there. And it's it's a lot tougher. Mike Dwyer, oh god, John Turnbull, Pete, Steve, oh, oh my god, Emma, my, my daughter-in-law is listening. I gotta be nice now. But it's like <laughs> no cursing. It, do you it's re- so much harder to read the comments than I thought do, it was. Do you making. remember Sean very early on, like in our first season, we interviewed um uh, Burton Richardson, who's famous Jeet Kune Do instructor, right? And right. it was the first and only time we had a guest on the podcast say, I'll do the podcast, but Sean, you cannot swear. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because his daughter was going to listen to it. It was like, right, right, you know, right. I, mean, I, I swear occasionally, but you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a potty you give mouth. Us the, uh, you give us the MA rating or something like that for right. this podcast. <laughs> listen, it is who I am. I'm a real person. And I'm not saying it's the best way to be in life, but you know what? Fuck it. That's who I am. Yeah. Uh, Carlos said, uh, Nate Marquardt, uh, who's a uh, former UFC fighter, uh, knocked out Damian Maya after um, uh, doing only boxing, no kickboxing training camp because he hurt his knee. Talking about when you're... Oh, right. Yeah, so specializing. When you, uh, you know, whether you're injured or maybe you just cannot train. Um, I mentioned on our last uh, podcast together, John Donaher had this uh, great video where he talked about, it was kind of the first week everyone went into quarantine. He offered a free video on solo training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but he talked about the kind of things you can do when you, you know, don't have a partner to train. And one of those things uh, is uh, work on your solo skills. The other one is improve your physical conditioning. And the third one is acquire knowledge through, you know, reading and looking online and stuff like that so that you're increasing your knowledge base, staying physically shaped, and at least you keep your movements intact and and then when you come back to training you'll you'll have some advantages um one of the things that he said was uh was about gordon ryan who's a really top level brazilian jiu-jitsu guy had a horrific knee injury uh and really couldn't do anything but what he made him do is he made gordon sit in the jiu-jitsu class when he couldn't train and watch all the people train and john would say okay uh, to uh, to Gordon, okay, you, you watch these two people go. What do you think they're going to do next? What do you think is going to oh, happen? Oh, that's that's smart. Yeah, so then he would have to like predict based on what he knew about them, based on how they were moving, and you know, it was such a powerful statement when he said that. It seems kind of simple, but I realize I'm going to actually kind of you know, usually when students are injured in my school, I tell them, hey, rest up, get better, and then come back to training. But I'm going to now tell them, well, if you can make it up the stairs, you don't have some because you got to come up those four flights to get to my school. Um, at least come and watch the class because your mind stays in it. Sure, you can absolutely. Still learn the lessons. And so rather than I mean, of course, we want them to rest, but they could also just sit and watch. And I think that I'm going to change the policy at my school based on that really small but really powerful piece of advice. Well, you know, two things pop into my head. One, I'd be I would be incredibly remiss. If I didn't mention that it was when Bruce Lee hurt his back and was laid up with his back that he wrote the notes that eventually became the Tao Ji Kundo and commentaries on the Marshall Way. Right. And so he he took this time where he was laid up and and, and couldn't do anything and, and 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 made it productive. I mean, he literally could do nothing. He couldn't work out, he couldn't so he wrote his thoughts down. And now people read these thoughts as, as if they were scripture, you know? Right. Well, also, you have to remark that Bruce Lee hurt his back fighting a secret underground contest with Wong Jack Man in San Francisco in a dungeon, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> which is the problem. So many problems with biopics that are like this. So yes. like, I'm not going to trash the movie because uh -huh. there was some incredible actors in it and some nice people, but I just had the opportunity to watch uh, it man four yes. tonight. Some of it, I had to go back and finish it. I, I didn't make it through the opening credits, but, um, <laughs> but one of the problems with a, with a movie like that, is that, and again, I only made it through about a quarter of the movie so far. So forgive me if I didn't, you know, in the movie, Yip Man comes to the United States and right. um, meets up with Bruce Lee and saves a girl in a park and all this other various bullshit that never happened. Right. And <laughs> the, the problem is that people are going to watch this movie and realize that it's a fictional account of Yip Man, yes. but still think it's based on a visit that Yip Man made to the United States. Right. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, within a year, we're going to see on Facebook guys talking about how their Sifu was a secret student of Yip Man right. in L.A. when he visited Bruce Lee for a short time. Right, right, right. I guarantee to you because you know we all have the schmucks out there that like love to tell stories how you know they learn from the, uh, the 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 guy who washed dishes in the chinese restaurant <laughs> bullshit and you know i mean it's just a computer fucking fantasy and, <laughs> and, and it's, right and it's, it's going to be the same thing with this it's going to be oh when, when yip man visited bruce lee you right. know, he was staying in a hotel and my uncle was the, you know, the maitre d' of the hotel and would take secret lessons. There'll be a whole fucking story sure, based sure. on this. Just, and it's, just all like, it's all based on this fantasy. Yeah. You know, it's like this. this that's why the, there's a huge problem with biopics when they go off the rails like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you, like recently someone outside of the martial arts asked me what my opinion was on... Um, that movie, the Brad Pitt movie with the the, the Hollywood stuntman from the seventies, that Bruce Lee's in it. He gets oh, once beat up upon by, a time in Hollywood. Right. He asked me what's what my opinion of Bruce Lee's uh, portrayal in that movie. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't seen it yet. I, yeah. I'm not a movie person. Complete dog shit. Spoiler alert. Okay, so yeah, as I asked my son John, I'm like, you know, because John's big on movies, and he's like, "What's the movie? movies?" I thought he, he thought it was horrible, so I just didn't bother watching it. Right. But um do I care that Bruce Lee got beat up in the movie? No, I don't care. What I care about is if you're going to make a portrait, I think I've said this on the podcast before. If you're going to portray a person in a, in a, a real person in a historical based movie, you have to give an accurate portrayal. Right. You can't, you can't, you, you can, you can make Batman be anybody you want him to be. Yeah. You know, you can, you can make Batman be a good guy, bad guy. Whatever. You can do whatever you want with Batman. But you can't do that with Bruce Lee. You can't do that with George Washington. Like you can't you can't put on a movie about George Washington and you make and, and in the movie he's secretly giving uh, messages to the British to take over <laughs> you know to right. take over New York City sure. because it never happened yeah, and it would be yeah. it's a lie and, and it, you know it's not just it's 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 a lie based on a real person and and that's what bothers me when it comes to inaccurate portrayals of real life people so. The Yip Man story, for what I know of it, and I, I mean, obviously, we all know that Alex knows more about this story than I do. 
we but do the, know the, that. Yes. The real, the real, the real. Well, you know, I mean, but yeah, man, let's let's not let's not confuse the issue. He kept his hair like I do, so <laughs> no choice. Um, the, the the real life story of Yip Man is probably more interesting, one hundred percent, than the nonsense that's out there in his name. Yes, absolutely. And I think the, the problem is, is the Yip Man franchise is so big, so they constantly have to up the ante. So in the third one, you had Tyson, and then here he's in the States, and you have to have Bruce Lee. And it's so funny because, like you said, even the first Yip Man movie where he beats up the 10 black belts, totally awesome fight scene. But do you know now, like 12 years after that movie, how many people I have to say, tell to visit my school? Like, uh, no, he didn't actually beat up 10 black belts. That story is totally me. What do you mean? And it's just right, because exactly that right. story has sat for a long time and now it starts to get woven into the tapestry of real history. Same thing with all the Wong Fei Hong movies made in Hong Kong. Now, no one knows what is a real Wong Fei Hong story and what they saw in some movie at some point. And, and, and yeah, guys like me have no idea who the fuck Wong Fei Hong is. Exactly, exactly. That's why you have me, the Kung Fu genius. By the way, uh, 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 Anthony Gomez wrote, speaking of sexy, I'm disappointed Sifu Alex is wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a very special shirt today, guys, with a brand new fist comes from the hard shirt. I love that, dude. Glad you I like love it. that. I, I love that because, well, that's like my favorite of all the Maxims anyway. Yes. I love that Maxim. I think that shirt is awesome. And I think we need to get one in an extra large for me. All right, so yeah, maybe it's a little bit bigger sure. than an extra I'll, large. I'll, 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 I'll take a... <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a look at it. We have it uh, available for those of you who are interested. We have it on our online shop, and yeah, there's a little bit of a delay because of like you know all the stuff that's going on. But before the quarantine happened, we actually brought our stock of these shirts to our home so we can ship them out. So if people want the there shirt, we go. got them ready to go. Um, there's a question here: uh, How did Yip Man and other historical martial artists keep up their technique in years when political unrest or change of life circumstances kept them from training? That's actually a really good question. Um, I I don't know how how many gaps Yip Man had in his ability to train because he always seemed to have had some casual students that he would teach even before he formally taught in Hong Kong. I think in the old days, uh, most people who practiced martial arts had a couple people around them who were, if they weren't direct students, they were kind of like informal students that they trained to keep up their practice. That's actually a very good question. Probably needs someone far more qualified than myself to, uh, to answer that one, but I definitely, um, you know, uh, uh, somebody, Mike Elra, I love that episode. Every time Sean was close to cursing, you can tell he held back talking about the Burton Richards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, re I remember that because, I, you know, even by the, that was our first season, but I had already known Sean for about a year and a half, two years at that point. And I could hear and I could notice all those moments <laughs> where I could tell he was holding back on, uh, you know, on, on saying stuff and, uh, you know, Oh, by the way, uh, John, our our, uh, our producer of our show, and your son asked us what we think about UFC 249 being canceled when they were going to have it on a secret island. Sounded like Enter the Dragon, right? They were I'm gonna just like it's going to be on Hans Island. I just I love it, man. <laughs> I, you know, it's like it's it's inevitable. It's the UFC. I know Dana White. They need to make the money, and more importantly, the fighters need to get paid. That's that people don't realize that these fighters get paid for fighting. Yes. So. You know, if it's it's if they never have another UFC, Dana White and the owners of the UFC will be fine. Right, it's the guys sure. that are the fighters that need to get paid. 
Yeah, he even, he even bragged in an interview. He goes, yo, if, if we're in quarantine for the next five years, I'm going to be fine in my home. And it's like, um, that's not really how you endear yourself to your fans, buddy. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, that's probably true. But also the other thing that's kind of uh, annoying, and I don't have the exact statistic, but I remember a few months ago, they released like an earnings report of the UFC and the percentage, like the amount of money the UFC earns and the percentage that they pay their fighters, the UFC oh. could easily just put their fighters on salary during this time and pay them and kind of coast through it and everything is fine, right. but they're, they're not going to do that, right? Bunch of scumbags. So they, they, need to, they need to have these fights so that the fighters can be paid. But there's no good, there's no, there's no good can come of it. Other than the fighters getting paid, there's no good that comes of it. So let's right. say they have it on some private island. Okay, and they bring all the fighters in and the trainers and yeah, you know, I mean, and 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 then they have to bring all the TV cameras. Yeah. People you still in need to test everybody and all that kind of stuff. Everybody's got to get tested, and yeah. it's inevitable someone's yeah. going to creep through. One hundred. And now everybody's going to have this freaking virus. Absolutely, absolutely. By the way, Steve Strutt, uh, one of our one of our fans, wrote favorite episode is the Lang Ting hair story, the spray on hair story. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Also, my students, I've told that story a few times when my my Steve my student unfortunately wanted to <laughs> fix his hair with some hair like a spray on hair thing and he used too much and got the elvis bouffant yeah cheers to you bro and it's after midnight in the uk right now oh so that's right that's right if you're watching thank you bro it's cool yeah john turnbull can't you always train somewhere i know someone who trained in a cemetery and i you can absolutely train somewhere it's just a matter of the type of training uh there's a lot of solo stuff we can do but you know a lot of people they really like the interaction they like throwing people around doing cheese out hitting stuff whatever i think it's the uh, the lack of that that people are i mean solo training yeah especially you can do it anywhere it's not a big deal but i think it's the i also i don't have my heavy bags here and i don't have mitts and like my hand, like i'm missing hitting stuff like this is like i can do all the pull-ups and all the air punches and all the steps but like the actual feeling of hitting something i don't know i don't know if i'm the only one but i definitely miss it why don't you order a pizza and then just beat up the pizza delivery key? <laughs> he might, might have coronavirus. It is New York City. <laughs> I used to put a hazmat suit on and boxing gloves I'll never use again. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it is. So say like, you know, to go to, to, go to like a cemetery at night and, and train, it's still the matter you'd have to go train with somebody. Right. And they may not know that they have it. And then, and now here you are, you know, you're not, although you're not infecting other people, you're getting infected or you're infecting the other guy, your friend. Absolutely. It's, it's we really, this, this whole really needs to be like two weeks of just no one leave their house kind of thing. Like, you know, it's, you know, I, again, I didn't want to talk about too much about the Corona thing tonight, but like for me, you know, my wife and my son both work in a pharmacy. Yeah. That's a block away from the Corona testing center here on Staten Island. Right, right, right. So yeah, like... It's crazy, you know, and my other son works in a supermarket that's packed every night. So it's like, <laughs> yo, oh, we have, we have a, a, a comment here from Sweeling Cow. Uh, I'm waiting for Yip Man versus Predator. <laughs> it's going to have to happen because they got to they keep squeezing that thing until the very end. You know, it's just, it's just going to keep happening. Um, yeah, these, these movies are crazy. By the way, um, for our Patreon supporters, you know, we have lots of Patreon only content coming. And I just recorded a bunch of episodes, so we're going to have stuff to give to you guys over the next few, probably during this time, over the next few months, we'll have plenty of stuff. But I did uh, an episode, a starter, 
for kung fu movies for people who you know are kind of maybe new to the kung fu movie genre and uh, no, actually no sorry i haven't done that one yet the one i did is wing chun in kung fu movies so i did like the oh, wow. on all like all the hong kong films that have wing chun in it uh, or whether the character, like whether it's about Wing Chun or one of the characters just does Wing Chun. I did like, it was about a 35 minute episode where I go through like all the films and, and you know, how I kind of list them and which one you should see first. Um, but, you know, I can imagine that that's cool. Doing a review of Yip Man versus Predator or Yip Man versus Terminator. <laughs> you know that they, uh, in China, they did a movie, it's called the Kung Fu League. And the idea is great. The idea is not original, but the idea was great. And it was like a time machine brought all these Kung Fu masters together. And they had Yip Man and Wong Fei Hong and um, uh, Fought Yun Gap and all these like people like, you know, from, and they came together to do a mission together, like Yip Man and all these other guys, right? Really awesome idea, but I saw some clips of it. And I, I mean, this is like some real brain dead level stuff unfortunately hong kong and china is just and in terms of martial art movies everything that comes out now is just kind of um i don't know when you've been watching the kung fu movies since you're eight years old and you've seen everything from sure. the golden age of shaw brothers and golden harvest the modern action movies the 90s wire stuff the kind of different revivals it's it's just not the same we do a kung fu movie night for our students uh through zoom and i'll show them a kung fu movie and i'll do live commentary and the only ones I've been showing them are like old Shaw Brothers movies. And while I'm doing the commentary, I'm just like, you will never see Kung Fu like this again because there are no actors who have this training to do a sequence without a break for 20, 30 movements without stopping. Everything is, right. you know, Jason Bourne, cut, cut, boom, punch, cut, punch, cut, up, up, and then wires and CGI and it looks flashy. But like, you'll, like that, that period is gone. So it's like, even the new stuff coming out of Asia is just, with a few exceptions. There's a couple movies here and there that are, are pretty decent, but yeah, for the most part, pretty terrible. What did you think of, so uh, the, the, the Wing Chun in the Robert Downey Jr. movies? Um, so he does a little bit of Wing Chun in uh, First Sherlock Holmes. Right, and, which is uh, what yeah. I meant, I'm sorry. I actually meant specifically the Sherlock Holmes movies, because I know like, it definitely does some Wing Chun in there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, oddly enough, I found it a little more entertaining than some of the stuff I've seen in some of the Yip Man movies. Uh, because, um, of course, you, you know, the, the problem with Wing Chun and the problem with any practical style, for, and I talk about this on the, the Patreon stuff, the problem with Wing Chun is that um, it's very repetitive because practical fighting styles are extremely repetitive or they're very one-dimensional. Like if you use grappling for self-defense, you shoot him, grab the guy, take him down, lay on him, smother him, and submit him. Well, it's not, very, it's not very visually diverse, right? It's not sexy. Exactly. A self, uh, you know, let's just take a generic self-defense or a military combative. Someone grabs you, boom, you hit them, you hit them with the elbow, you bring them down, you hit them a bunch of times. Very straightforward. Wing Chun, hit the guy, pop, 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 boom, hit, done. It's kind of wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Right, exactly right. The problem right. is that cinematically, this can get, even if it's very hard hitting, this can get very boring. So usually uh, choreographers, when they put Wing Chun in their films, they have to usually give the Wing Chun guy some adversity, like they have to make his opponent really good so that he cannot just kind of run him over with chain punches and elbows and knees. And they have to usually add the occasional high kick or turn or wire or go here because you need to break the repetitiveness of what's essentially, of what all practical styles have is either they're very one dimensional, right? 
So um, that's always a bit of an issue. But I thought that the first Sherlock Holmes movie, especially that scene where he's kind of fighting in that pit, I thought it was actually pretty good. And, and I thought it was better, um, better than some of the stuff I've seen come out of Hong Kong. Uh, Nate Ensley, Yip Man versus Godzilla. That would be totally awesome. Awesome. Uh, Jack Chu, you mean Wong Fei Hung didn't come to America and started Chinatown? <laughs> that this is will go above your head. There was the Wong Fei Hung series had the same problem like the Yip Man series. The first few are standard Wong Fei Hung movies, like uh, with Once Upon a Time in China in the early '90s, and by six, it was Once Upon a Time in China in America. And Wong Fei Hung came to America, which just like Yip Man coming to America never happened. Never happened. <laughs> Fighting cowboys in the old west and all that kind of stuff, right? It seems like when kung fu movies, when kung fu franchises go off the rails, they always go to the states. <laughs> it's like right. let's just finally put a <laughs> let's just finally put a stake in this thing and light the whole thing on fire by going to the U.S. Right? That's so funny. Yeah, that's really crazy. Yeah, let's see. Um, there are a couple notable exceptions, okay? So if anybody wants to watch a good Yip Man movie, all right, you have to watch Yip Man, The Final Fight with Anthony Wong. Because I've always said of all of the, I, I, you know, as much as I like Donnie Yen as a great martial arts actor, but Anthony Wong is a really good actor. He's not as good of a martial artist as Donnie Yen, but he's a much better actor. And uh, Anthony Wong, when he plays Yip Man, he does something Donnie Yen never does, which he shaves his head. For all the money Donnie Yen gets paid, he could at least shave his damn head to play Yip Man. Exactly I don't know, right. Maybe they give him two, two million more for him to shave his head or something like that, right? But Anthony Wong shaved his head. He, even though he doesn't have the same build as Yip Man, but he, he, he even like listened to what uh, Yip Man's son, uh, Yip Chun, told him how his father held the cigarette. And so in the movie, he holds the cigarette the same way Yip Man held it, the way he would put the ash in his hand. And oh, he tried cool. to speak Cantonese with a bit of a Fatsan dialect. And even though... Uh, Anthony Wong is not as versatile a martial artist as Donnie Yen. I actually found that the Wing Chun choreography in Yip Man, The Final Fight is much more accurate and the story is much more accurate. And, and if anyone wants to watch a better Yip Man movie, watch Yip Man, The Final Fight. It's actually um, being shown for free on YouTube these days. So YouTube now has a bunch of movies you can watch. If you have a premium account, you watch it for free. But if you don't, they'll show an ad every 10 minutes or something like right, that. Right, 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 right. But you can watch it. Um, and, and in Cantonese with subtitles too, no less. So uh, awesome job YouTube in picking the right, uh, the right setup for that. So um, now, uh, now, And now this never comes from me. It always comes from you. But I actually have a, a, a movie recommendation for the audience. Okay. It's not Kung Fu, but it, it's one of, 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 one of my favorites. The name of the movie is Red Sun. And it's an older movie, Charles okay. Bronson. Okay. And Toshiro Mifun. Oh, yes. Okay, now, yes, 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 yes. So it's a Western, but it's an Eastern. But right? it's an Eastern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an old line. I said that, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a Western movie, and Toshiro Mifun is carrying a samurai sword. They're, they're going to present to the, uh, the President of the United States as a gift from the Emperor of Japan. And during a train robbery, they, the sword gets stolen. And Charles Bronson is tasked with going to find the bad guys. Yes. And he's bringing Toshiro Mifun, the last of the samurai, with him to go get this sword. And it's just 
such an awesome movie. I think I'll, I think I'll definitely have to check it out. My my Charles Bronson knowledge is kind of limited to the Death Wish franchise, which right, right, right. also went off the rails as it went. Yeah, on sure, absolutely. Kind of crazy. Uh, Steve you would, you, Frank, would, you would love this movie, by the way. You would Steve love this. Strutt, movie. Our top fan says uh, Frank Dukes for the next UFC champion. Oh, by the way, Bloodsport is also streaming for free on YouTube, which is totally awesome. And I watched it again uh, two days ago, and I'm like. As kind of cheesy as it is when you look at it through like a 2020 lens or whatever, it's still a pretty awesome. The story is actually pretty good. It's right. the only problem is that Frank Dukes tried to like sell it as his life story, which if you can ignore that and just watch it as a pure kind of fantasy martial arts movie. And um, sure, sure. also as like a Hong Kong like fanatic, um, if you guys have seen Bloodsport, you'll know that there's a scene because... You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Frank Duke's character kind of goes AWOL to go fight in the uh, in the Kumite, which I'm always like, how come he wasn't just arrested when he went? Like, it makes no sense. How do you go AWOL in the U.S. military to fight a contest? And everyone's cool with it at the end because you won, right? It's like, right, right. you already know something's a little off. But there's a scene where the two... Um, agents who are who are chasing Jean-Claude Van Damme through Hong Kong. I don't know if you remember the movie. One was played by Forrest Whitaker before he became famous, a young Forrest sure, Whitaker. Sure, and then right, the other right. one is an older gentleman who, who passed away. Well, there's a scene where they finally corner Frank Dukes in the hotel. And he's there with Jackson, right? And they're like, okay, you're going to come with us. And they take out these electric tasers. And then Jackson just pile drive, like he just runs through both of them. And Frank Dukes runs, right? Well, if you've been to Hong Kong as many times as me, I go nuts watching that scene because Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's supposed to be at the East Lake Hotel, which is like in another part of Chim Sa Choi. He crosses the street in front of the peninsula. So it's like if I leave Grand Central Station and I turn the corner and now I'm in Union Square. You know what I mean? If you're like a New York, right. you know, sometimes like um, famously the first Men in Black movie, the opening <laughs> scene where Will Smith is facing the alien. If you're a New Yorker, you go like he's in, He's at Grand Central. Now he's in Central Park. You don't make that run in like three minutes. Right, right, right. right. He runs across the street from the Peninsula Hotel. He jumps over and then he's suddenly on the other side of Hong Kong on the Hong Kong Island side. And I watch that. I'm just like, oh, like I cannot suspend disbelief. But anyway, that's just because I'm a geek. So anyway, um, Carlos Gonzalez, Wing Chun Companion, Volume 1. Is it in the works? Um, So I, uh, my Siunam Tao book is companion book two I, I i made them like star wars they came out out of order although unlike all the star wars films i actually have a plan for my entire movie set instead of just the middle three being good i actually planned the whole thing yeah the new star wars films suck so anyway um yes uh, i'm working on the wooden dummy book right now and the buji book and companion book one which is wing chun 101 i'll hopefully have ready later this year i'm also taking this time to kind of push forward on some of those books um Boom, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, Chris Michael Sanchez, I'm really enjoying the Kung Fu Genius content. Are we ever going to see a Big Sean collaboration on the channel? So people want you to collaborate on my Kung Fu Genius YouTube channel, which I think would be a great idea. What do you think? What do you think the Kung Fu Genius and Big Sean should talk about on the YouTube channel? Actually, how about you guys tell us what you think Big Sean and I should, what video, if, if I make a video on the Kung Fu Genius channel with uh, Big Sean, what should that video be about? That would be fun. I would have fun with that. That would be a lot of fun, except that, you know, we'd still have to wait until after the quarantine because no way in hell I'm going to Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that going bad right now. Normal times, all right? Right, yeah. Oh, man, get out of here. 
Boom, 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 boom. All right, what else do we got here? Uh, maybe Jose Reyes, maybe Van Damme will play the Predator in Yip Man versus Predator. As many people know, Van Damme was originally the Predator in the first Predator movie, but quit because the suit was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> totally crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, Seth McCollum, your student there. I think Sean is doing JKD Blueprint stuff. Yes, for Patreon supporters, Sean is doing his JKD Blueprint series. And I'm doing, I did some Wing Chun blueprint stuff, but I'm also doing like one-offs like history or uh, Kung Fu move, Wing Chun and Kung Fu movies. So, and whatever you guys want us to do, you guys can let us know. Just also don't forget to become a Patreon supporter so you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, so as far as the JKD blueprint stuff that I'm doing, um, I really want to make a difference with that. I don't want it to just be, I kind of feel like when it comes to JKD, and I'm sure it's on accident, but when people speak about JKD and want to you know, teach Jikundo or pass knowledge about Jikundo off to others, they tend to either list stuff. Here's all the punches you can throw. Here's all the kicks of Jikundo, that kind of stuff. Right. Or they become overly philosophical. And, oh, you know, Jikundo can mean anything. And uh, here's some over-philosophical bullshit mumble-jumble that you can't use. And what I want to do is I want to take some basic JKD information and show you how you could use it to get better at fighting. Right. Like that's, you know, so it's, it's, it's not as sexy as the old philosophical stuff. I mean, we all know I'm not the most intelligent sounding guy in the world. I don't, you know, I, matter of fact, I, I, um, one of my, one of my friends who I let listen to one of the, one of the podcasts said to me that I sounded like a guy in prison using words <laughs> that I shouldn't be using, but but it's, it's information that I'm, I have a plan. I have it mapped out how this is actually going to make you a better fighter as opposed to just giving you more information to spew in, in, in chats with people so you can sound like you know JKD. When I talk about footwork, which is the one I'm recording this weekend, it's not going to be, okay, here's Jikindo footwork. Step and slide. Slide step. Push, and, push shuffle. Like, yeah, anybody can give you a list of different footworks. Right. I want to show you how you can make, how to use that footwork to make you a better fighter. Right. And that's, yeah. what, that's what the intent and goal of the Jikindo Blueprint is. And that's why you guys need to become Patreon supporters because that stuff is awesome, right? Uh, we also have here, oh, Vincent Lin is watching us. So Vincent Lin for those of you who don't know, Vincent Lin is not only the godfather to my youngest daughter, Lucia, but he's also a Hong Kong action film star who started many Hong Kong films, including Operation Condor with Jackie Chan. He's actually the main villain who fights Jackie Chan in that awesome oh, that's cool. tunnel there. He's watching us. Shout out to, uh, to Sifu Vincent Lin. Um, Seth says, Yip Man 1 is amazing. Probably my favorite. Uh, yeah, Yip Man 1, I think, is the best of uh, the whole the whole franchise. Some people are asking about the Patreon content. Is it uh, audio only? Most of the Patreon stuff are the, these are special audio episodes. They're like 20 to 30 minutes long for our supporters, but occasionally uh, there'll be videos for them. Occasionally right, there'll be videos definitely, videos but when, every now and again. Yeah, there'll be some, there's definitely gonna be some video with the Jikindo uh, blueprint stuff. I'm uh, just waiting for the opportunity for when some of my top guys, namely Seth and Chris, come in from Boston and I, I actually planned out some stuff that I want to make uh, some clips. And also um, what I'm working on for John is, I think I, we've talked about a little bit on the podcast once 
we found all my old instructional videotapes. That's right. You even posted okay. some of the, like the, the photos of them. Or right. So what we're going to do is because some of it's hideous, what I want to do is like, you know, in the, in the realms of like a reaction video. Yes. React to, play, <laughs> react to my own shit. I'm going to play the video, play the video and then watch it live and say, okay, I would do this differently. Or I like that or, and make fun of myself a lot. Oh, that's a and, great idea. And we're going to put post that for the Patreon folks. So the Patreon folks will have all my chicken dough videos, but it'll have it with my now modern commentary. Awesome. Over, awesome. over the videos. That's great, that, man. That I think, I think it's going to be really, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, looking back at how you used to do things and how you've evolved since then is is also a huge uh, way to con contrast where you are now, but also like it gives people context. It also lets people know that these things are not fixed. If you're a martial artist, you're kind of ever evolving in the way you look at things, right? Right, because one of the biggest turnoffs to me when it comes to um, dealing with anybody is when you tell me a person hasn't changed their mind on anything for the last 25 years yes they're an idiot run screaming the other way from run the, screaming from this guy's been doing and saying the same stuff for 30 years now right which means he hasn't thought about a thing in 30 hasn't years. learned anything oh by the way richard white commented that's the next city wing chun shirt wash rinse and repeat talking about the <laughs> martial art. that's not a bad idea wash rinse and repeat wing chun <laughs> it's great mikey dean is in the house cool to see mikey dean uh, Paul Lee asks, what's uh, my opinion on Warrior? I assume he means the uh, the TV show that was on Showtime that was based on that treatment that Bruce Lee had uh, written. I uh, actually talked about it on a previous uh, episode. I was invited to the premiere. Shannon Lee was there, and I saw the opening episode. I thought it was better than a lot of things that are out there, but... Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not the person to ask because I feel that normal martial art movie fans and normal martial art action fans like a lot more stuff than I do. I've been so spoiled with growing up with the greats that it's like, like I'll watch stuff and I'll be like, mm, there's nothing choreography wise I haven't seen before. So it's very difficult for, for anything to kind of move the needle for me. So I'm perhaps like the worst person to ask about new stuff because I generally don't like most new stuff. If you ask me, uh, what you should watch. Most of the things I'm going to tell you are 30 years old. They're not things that came out uh, in, in, in recent time. Uh, <laughs> Juliet Dupree wrote, America is the embodiment of jumping the shark, talking about franchises that go to, to Hong Kong franchise. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Steve Shaw, best old school Jackie Chan is Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. There's definitely a very strong argument to be made. One might also say Drunken Master is a slightly more refined remake of Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, but Snake of the Shadow is, is pretty dope. He's missing the tooth. He does the cat's claw at the end. Pretty damn awesome movie. Um, let's see. Uh, Jack Chiu, going to the U.S. is Hong Kong martial arts. Jump the shark. Ah, so more than one person has said going to the U.S. is the Hong Kong martial arts jumping the shark. Uh, referencing the old Happy Days episode there with uh, Fonz. Uh, let's see. What about the Yip Man in Bruce Lee, the legend? He has a beard. Oh, yes. That TV show played by... Uh, actually a late mainland Chinese actor. Oh, you know what's crazy? Someone posted a meme a few weeks ago and it was a Bruce Lee meme. And it absolutely drove me up the walls 
because first of all, the meme was not Bruce was sorry, was not it was a Yip Man meme. Sorry. The the meme was not Yip Man's photo. It was Donnie Yen as Yip Man. Which oh god, that drives me nuts. When people post a photo of Donnie Yen and then a Yip Man quote, I just right. stop yeah, doing right. that. People. Absolutely. Right? Stop. Holy. All right. Uh, or even Holy Wing Chun. There's a Wing Chun school in California that has Donnie Yen's photo on the signboard. It's like stop. All right. I, I run a professional school. Maybe I have more students than that guy. And people are coming to me despite the fact I don't have Donnie Yen's face on the front of my school. Right. Also copyright infringement. All right. I'm sure Donnie Yen's not happy about that. So anyway, um, it was. Yeah, but you have a picture of me on the front of your school. And oh, I, I wouldn't be able to handle the amount of people coming in. I, I, that would be too much, you know. So <laughs> so it has Donnie Yen as Yip Man and the quote and Sean, I shit thee not. The quote is not a Yip Man quote. It's a quote from the line in the movie Dragon the Bruce Lee story by the actor who played Yip Man. And I'm like, ah. this almost for me as a Wing Chun fanatic feels like a, an onion meme. Like, like the right, onion right, exactly. just for me and I'm the only one that gets it. Donnie Yen's photo and a movie quote from a guy supposed to be Yip Man who's not Yip Man as Yip Man. And it's like, man, shoot me in the horse I rode in on, man. Okay, so I got to tell a quick, a quick Onion story. Okay. For, for those that don't know, The Onion is a fake newspaper. Um, I don't know if it's, I know it's popular all over the world now. Fake news. It's, it's a fake news when, you know, but it's intentionally fake news. And <laughs> my favorite Onion story is one time there was a headline that said, Pope forgives children for enticing priests, right? <laughs> so I, my mom is very religious. Sure. Right. So I bring it home. Now, realize this is back in the day when you actually had a physical newspaper, The Onion, that you right. bought in the street in Manhattan. Yes. And I bring home the, the newspaper. And I'm like, wow, can you believe this? The Pope forgave the kids that, for enticing the priests and she starts having a shit fit oh my god oh my god that's it i'm never going back to church <laughs> I, oh, it was the best I how many lives like in small ways the onion has completely changed because somebody didn't know that it was just you know kind of <laughs> a fake kind of a joke also uh albert's a click hole is better yeah click hole is uh uh, pretty good too. Hey, uh, Miguel De La Guardia, one of my cousins watching. Uh, shout out to my cousins there. Um, let's see here. Um, let me, oh yeah, uh, Jack Chiu wrote about, there was a meme, a Bruce Lee meme, which had a Bruce Lee quote, but it wasn't a photo of Bruce Lee. It was Danny Chan, the guy who plays Bruce Lee in Yip Man 4. <laughs> and it's like, and, and that's what bothers me because it's so disrespectful to Bruce right, Lee. Right, exactly like, right. The people don't even bother to like, you know, to check that stuff out, right? Let's see what else we got here. Um, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, uh, uh, Bradley Clayton's. I've enjoyed listening to the Patreon audio. Good stuff. Uh, one of the things I did for the Patreon supporters is the I read out the original 1972 interview with Grandmaster Yip Man. I think we're going to post that up shortly, maybe in like a week or two or something like that. I read the whole thing out from beginning to end. We did it. I, didn't, I don't read it in Chinese. We did a translation of it. Yeah. Can you imagine I just read the thing in Chinese and go, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, right? Um, and I have commentary in there as well. It's about uh, 28 minutes. Uh, the second interview with Grandmaster Yip Man with New Marshall Hero read out. It's in entirety with it. Uh, commentary, and that's for our Patreon supporters. I talk about it on the latest. Of, uh, I actually have an idea for that. Yeah. 
Um, we probably should talk about this off the air, but um, as long as it's you, embarrassing, who cares? No, no, no. So when you tell me about that, I was like, that, that, that's a brilliant idea about you know reading the article. Right. For years now, there's always been stuff in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do that Bruce Lee wrote in Chinese. Yes. That I never knew what he was saying. Oh. And I that, thought it would be a cool idea if we like take a picture, post a picture of the page. Yes. And then you read out or write out the translation. That's 100%. As a matter of fact, I had that idea because a lot of people- uh, Yeah, folks, I mean, he had that idea three seconds after I fucking mentioned it. You know? <laughs> uh, actually, that, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, totally, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing it from you. Like Carlos Mencia steals jokes or something like that, right? It was, yeah, no, I do. I totally had that idea already. I was totally <laughs> going to do that, right? I listed all the things I might want to do for the Patreon supporters. And when I came up with the idea of doing uh, translating the Yip Man interview, I felt like one of the reasons why I wanted to learn how to read Chinese was because, you know, I had seen all the, you know, in the Tao Ji Kondo, all of Bruce Lee's notes, and then would see in the corner that he would write stuff in Chinese. Right. And, and it was not like he wrote in Chinese and then translated into English. The stuff that Bruce wrote in the corners in Chinese is not what he wrote in English. The notes right. he wrote in English were normally on whatever book he was reading. So he's reading a book from Hazlitt on boxing. Right, right, right. There. And then he writes some notes in the corner, which are kind of like, it's shorthand for him because he's obviously much quicker at writing Chinese than English because it's his first language, right? Right, sure. So that's like for him, like when he's got a really fast idea, he just did it in Chinese instead. And sometimes the Chinese notes are like just very simple ideas. And sometimes he writes stuff in there where he's like, compare this to something in Wing Chun. Compare this to this and this and this in this martial art. Right, and right, right. Reading, I was like, wow. There's so much in those notes in Chinese. So maybe um, it, it might take me a little while, but I, I could do that as a video where I could show the notes and then circle it and then put what that is and what that is. And obviously he was a copious note taker. I can't do it for everything. I can do it for- Right, of course. I'll, I'll look at a bunch of the stuff and I'll try to find something which might be interesting for both Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do people, um, you know, and do like a little cross section and give some people kind of an idea, so. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Anthony Gomez wrote Kung Fu Genius versus Big Sean staff fighting, but using chopsticks instead. I, I assume he means as a Kung Fu Genius video idea there. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah, now, that, and that's, by the way, how... So so one of the cool things about that, with what you said about the uh, the, 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 the chopsticks, mm -hmm. is Moyat, that's how he learned the long pole form. Right. From Yip Man. Yes, yes. And that's how he taught it to, that's how Moya taught it to my teacher. Right, right. They're older. They don't want to lift up. There's a lot of work lifting before, right? <laughs> right. And it kind of became a little bit of a tradition <laughs> to, to teach the form itself with the chopstick. Steve Strutt said, get Sean to read it in Chinese, meaning the interview. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and Jack Chu said, read the interview in Cantonese. I'm looking forward to that since you mentioned it on uh, the video. Um, honestly, I, I would probably ask my wife to do that instead. I just don't know, given all of her duties right now, if she'd be interested in doing that. By the way, a lot of these interviews, they're not written in spoken Chinese uh, or in spoken Cantonese. They're written in a kind of a more formal Mandarinized Cantonese. So it would, e even for Cantonese speakers, when you read it out, it's written in a formal way. So it would sound kind of strange. So I don't know, even for people who can, who can understand Chinese, I think it would sound a little batty. Um, any other Steve, special- Steve Strutt, Steve, uh, I gotta ask you, isn't it enough hearing me murder your English language? <laughs> it's like, you're from you're England. What I do to the English language has gotta be bad enough. 
Um, Sweet and Cal wrote, uh, any other special guests for the podcast? So I just recorded uh, an episode two days ago with um, Dr. Kenneth J, who's, um, he's actually a UFC, uh, he's actually a coach for UFC fighter, Nicholas Dalby. He is a, he has a PhD in like sports physiology. He's probably the most qualified guy we've ever had on the podcast. And I talked to him for an hour about what real cardiovascular training is, how we, uh, why hitting bags is not necessarily cardio. We talk about how he actually prepares UFC fighter Nicholas Dalby cardio-wise to do a three-round fight. So you guys have a little bit of an idea what a professional fighter has to do to be in peak fighting condition. And spoiler alert, it's insane. Uh, So we have him also hopefully tonight uh, after this live podcast, I'm going to record an episode because since Sean is a little bit busy with work, um, I've been t- doing a little what we called quarantine. Uh, your son uh, John called it quarantines conversations, where I did some. I we did uh, Vincent Benitez uh, last week, um, and tonight, late at night, I'm going to do a recording with uh, Sifu David Peterson, who we haven't had on the podcast since yeah. like, the first season. And I'm also going to do one with my <laughs> very first Wing Chun Sifu, Sifu Johan, who was a student of uh, Sifu James DeMille originally, so from the early period of Seattle. So talk to him. He's got lots of old stories. Be super interesting. To hear that now, I'm also going to probably do one with Jim Rosalondo as well. So and I, I actually have a couple of things lined up as far as interviews to go as well, but different from what Alex is talking about, where those interviews are going to be done as part of the um, regular podcast circuit. Part of the dude, those are going to be dudes of Kung Fu podcasts. What I'm thinking about working on is, um, and I've been talking about it with my son John, is I want to have something called like um, like Blue Collar JKD where I want to talk to guys that are just running small little JKD groups and chat with them about what they're doing and how they teach and, and their, their outlook on certain ideas about Jeet Kune Do for, you know, guys that are teaching in their basements and teaching in backyards and in their living rooms. And, you know, listen, you know, not, not all of us have the situation in life to, to, to own schools. But you know, not not all guys teaching in their backyards and basements are horrible teachers either. So, right. you know what I mean. So I, I want to get to know them a little bit and give them a voice to kind of like put their name out there a little bit. And I want to make that I was gonna make that part of the Patreon JKD Blueprint Patreon people that you know I, I have an interview with somebody, put them on the Patreon, and 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 let people hear an interview with these guys because you know I like recently sat down with um steve brown from who's in canada he's a an instructor on the lamar davis in jeet Kune Do. and he he visited um my house oh, a couple of months ago with uh with his uh lady friend and you know we sat down and chatted and neither one of us are famous jeet Kune Do instructors and we you know we started talking about jkd it was just so much fun to, to talk about it with someone who didn't care that they had to be the all-knowing person in the room. Like, right. you know, he, he said things that I had never thought of before. I'm sure I said things that he found interesting. And, and I kind of feel like that kind of egoless atmosphere you'll get with a lot of these, you know, blue-collar JKD people would be fun. So right. I'm, I want to I start doing some of those with, um, on the, on the, for the Patreon people as well. That's a great idea. Oh, Vincent Benitez is on here. We just had on the last episode. Thanks for the shout out. And DC Universe Rules. 
if Vincent and I have kind of a thing, he's a DC guy. I'm kind of a Marvel guy. I used to well, be- You're wrong. D- First of all, you're wrong then, okay? Because it's all about DC. Yeah, DC's doing really great. Great movies there, by the way. Let's go see Justice League again. Okay, so let, you know what? Ourselves. Okay, so take anybody in the world, literally anybody in the world, mm. and ask them to name their, far, their top five superheroes that they know of. If a Marvel guy gets in there, it'll be Spider-Man. Other okay. than that, it's gonna be it's gonna be DC people. They're gonna have and, Batman. And, and, here, and here's what you say. And I and I love Batman. All right, what you said is absolutely true. That doesn't mean that the DC movies that are coming out now don't totally agree. Stuff. And that's the, all the, I'm talking the, about. The DC that literally movies I'm, all suck. I'm talking about are the movies. I'm not like I'm a huge Batman fan. Don't get me wrong. Superman's been one dimensional. Yeah, DC movies suck. I, I totally get it. But as far as historical characters. DC blows Marvel away. And, and, and you know what? I will fight you over that. <laughs> I will fight you. Alex, I will fight you over this, Alex. As long as Wonder Woman is in her invisible jet in the upcoming Wonder Woman movie, I think that'll save it. Um, <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> Throw fish or whatever. <laughs> well, it's, this has definitely been a lot of fun. Let me just, I just want to cruise through the comments one more time, make sure we didn't miss anybody because they're coming in pretty quick. And, and give shout sure. outs to the names because a lot of people logged in. I really, I lo- I, I wish I could see it. I love that the people logged in. I, I Chris am Michael so Sanchez, DC all the way for sure. I like the Justice League. <clears throat> well, you know, there are people. Hey, first of all, there are people the that like a legend is born, Yip Man, whatever. Wonder Twin Powers activate, motherfucker. Wonder okay? Twin Powers activate. AJ Riccardi in the house. Yo, yo, yo. Awesome. He's also got a podcast in there as well. Um, super, super cool. Awesome kickboxer from, from SoCal. Carol, my wife says, DC, what's that? <laughs> a little bit of back and forth there with uh, Vincent. Carol, you, Carol, you're a wonderful, nice lady, but we have to judge your, 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 your question. You have question, you know, the question making. You married Alex, okay? So, <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> she knows that I love is you, awesome. Uh, Mike L. Sean, that sounds awesome. Curious, what is your threshold to decipher who are good quality blue-collar JKDs guys versus ones that are not? Depends how blue-collar they are, I'm sure. <laughs> depends on the person listening. Yes. It depends on the person listening. So let me talk to people, and the person listening can say, you know what, this guy doesn't know anything, or wow, I never thought of that. Right. It's all up to the person listening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, man, this will do. This was a lot of fun. That hour blew by really quickly. Yeah, it went so, fast, um, man. So I want everyone just, you know, comment below. Let us know what you liked about this. Let us know what you guys like to talk about. This was the first time we did it. So, you know, kind of like trying to keep up with the comments while we're talking is a totally we'll new. We'll get better at this. And, and, we're and do Deborah this had a really good time. Thank you so much for everyone who came out, you guys are absolutely amazing. It's so cool to see you. Well, Carol Richter said best decision of her life, meaning marrying me there. There you go. trying to savage her. That's right. That's right. I wasn't trying to savage her. I was trying to savage you. I like Carol. Uh, Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Uh, Wonder Twins, Jack to you. Marvel anytime. Yes. Looks like we've sparked some Marvel all the way. uh, (laughs) I would like to see that Sean between uh, that battle between Sean and Alex, Uh, Harry. Awesome. One of my students. Uh, That is so funny. We got Marvel. Alex is fighting with fire. Wow. I had no idea of all the things we talked about. Forget any wars between Wing Chun lineages or Jeet Kune Do or this, that, or the other thing, or whether we think the Yip Man movies are good. It was the Marvel versus DC thing that got everyone going. <laughs> and by the way, 
just to make it clear, I'm only a fan of the Marvel movies. I don't think I've actually ever even read a Marvel comic. And if I've read any comics, they actually were DC comics. I'm right, talking exactly. purely about the movies. They, they did a much better job crafting that whole kind they of did. universe and stuff like that. And I, I guess the reason why I'm so disappointed is because I wish DC would do the same thing because it would be so awesome to see that so well put together and, and, and see them come out with something like that. Uh, and also the new Star Wars movies suck. But that's just facts. So anyway, um, hope you guys had a good time. Thank you so much for supporting us on the Dudes of Kung Fu Live. Let us know if you want us to do this more often. Uh, this was definitely a really fun format for us. Um, I think you would agree with that, Sean. What do you think? Absolutely. I had a blast, and I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody wrote, George Hodge DC means don't consider. <laughs> Vincent, I've started a war. You're welcome. <laughs> That is so funny. The beards are well. People are really happy with the beards. Uh, thank you guys so much. How about a, a Bruce Lee estate, Bruce Lee comics? Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Let's talk about how Bruce Lee spent his entire life just being a philosopher. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. That was really awesome. We'll see you guys soon. Hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, take care. Bye-bye, folks. All right. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!